Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today, going to be talking about a few things. It's been a little bit since we streamed. Um, we had the four-game series against the Braves. We had the game tonight against the Mets. So we'll talk a little bit about this Mets game. Um, not as much just because it's kind of been opposite of what the Padres have been able to do in terms of offensive production, stuff like that. Um, going to probably do a much deeper breakdown into the Brave series. Um, and then after that, we'll talk about a couple injuries that are kind of floating around. And one of them in, in Joe Musgrove's, I don't think is too serious, too concerning. Uh, but the Robert Suarez injury is definitely really concerning. So we'll talk about both those to kind of wrap it up later on in the show. Um, but Chase Isaac. Sorry, I got muted. Uh, Chase Isaac, what are you guys thinking in terms of the last couple games? Um, first off tonight, um, get getting shut out. Basically, you know, I think it was what one hit, um, really rough outing against Scherzer, but then you look at the previous four games against the Braves and the offense was unbelievable. So how are you guys feeling right now about the Padres overall offense after this last five games since we last time talked to everyone? You know, I'm going to say this, like every team has their night where they're just off and that just happened to be tonight. And it was weird because, you know, it wasn't against your typical Max Scherzer. He wasn't sitting 96 to 98. You know, he was hitting 92, 93, 94. So he wasn't blowing it past them. You know, he had his fair share of walks. And, you know, they just weren't adding him tonight. So and they just didn't look great overall. There was a lot of strikeouts looking. I know the umpire was giving some like pitches a little bit below the strike zone. They just didn't adjust. But the game is prior. The offense was on fire. I mean, it looked like a complete difference from this year to last year, where last year, if Manny wasn't hitting people in, we just weren't scoring any runs. And this year we have a multitude of guys doing it. Getting through the lineup is a lot easier. You know, you're not just banking on one guy. You know, you have Nelson Cruz is showing at what, 42, 43 that he's still hitting home runs, still getting extra base hits. Kim is starting to finally, like, show that he can keep up with velocity and hit against right-handers, you know. It's just the offense is finally clicking. Grish uh, is having a great start to the season. I know he, is, he was at a 900 OPS as of yesterday. Um so is Kim, you know, but you don't need them to be 900 OPS guys. If they even drop down to an 800 OPS, that's still incredibly valuable to the offense and just to the team in general. I mean, the one thing that we can take away is that we need serious help in the bullpen. Uh, Robert Suarez getting having his setback is even worse. Um, I don't know how much we trust Domingo Tapia based off the few game samples that we've had, but Seems like the Padres really like him. I don't know what's going on there, but outside of like Hater, uh, don't trust anyone else. Like in a high leverage situation, I don't know about you guys. Now, from what we've seen so far, I kind of think you're right. Tim Hill hasn't had many productive outings. Um, Domingo Tapia hasn't been that great. Nabil Chris Matt got rocked. Luis Garcia had had this major uh, meltdown the other day. Um, the only consistent guy has been Josh Hader, and even when he was off, he uh, he still shoved. So that was pretty fantastic to see. But um, Robert Suarez having a setback is definitely not something you wanted to see. But with Joe Musgrove back, hopefully you're able to see um, Weathers or Lugo, probably not Lugo, but Weathers or Martinez go to the bullpen because they're gonna they're gonna be very much needed and. If I had to pick, just based off who fills the role of that bullpen spot better, I'd go with Martinez. Um, 
And then Weathers, you could just use him as a long reliever. If you're getting your ass kicked, just throw him in there and let him suffer or let him get himself out of it. Um, that'd be my main role for Ryan Weathers. But, um, <clears throat> you know, going back to the bats, the bats were fantastic. The bats have been fantastic almost all season. Um, you got one shutout against the Diamondbacks. Today, you got shutout as well. Only got one hit, but it's coming off a day where the Padres had to go to Atlanta, play a 6 eight or a six, six o'clock game game at around nine o'clock traveled to new york play again the next day that's a pretty rough schedule i can imagine tomorrow they'll be a lot better um so obviously not an ideal for his game like chase said max scherzer wasn't shoving the way that he used to uh velocity was down but no you know nonetheless he got the job done for the mets and their bullpen got the job done for the mets um their bullpen, though, they use a few of their good arms, and um, that sets us up nicely for tomorrow. So hopefully we're able to go out there tomorrow and get a win. Um, you Darvish, I thought he pitched really good. Um, he really got unlucky in the seventh, I want to say, when they just hit two numbers that just, for I don't know how, they stayed on the line. Um, so, you know, unlucky outing for you, Darvish, towards the end, but really the, the performance that he put on was a lot better than what the stat sheet is going to show. So I thought he pitched great, especially for his second outing. Um, but bats look good. Only really two games where I could say, wow, you know, they got they got shut out. They didn't look good at the plate. Other than that, I thought they've looked great at the plate um, against the Braves pitching staff. They were able to put up four-plus runs each game. And uh, it's going to be a super exciting offense the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I think it's funny when uh, when you guys kind of talk about the offense and stuff, uh, just because, like, if you look down the line, like, Grisham hasn't really hit super high average. I mean, he's shown some power and stuff. Uh, I mean, also, a lot of these guys went, like, 0 for 4, 0 for 3 today, so it doesn't help. But, like, most of the guys in the lineup, like, Soto struggled. Carpenter's hitting a buck 80. Cronenworth's hitting a buck 80. Um, Nola's been awful. Like a lot of the guys in the lineup haven't been hitting well, yet there's still been so much offensive production. And and up until today, it felt like almost every game, at, at the very least, the Padres lineup was contributing like throughout. And I don't know, I don't remember who said it. One of you guys said it felt feels a lot different. Where it was, is Manny Machado going to show up and have the game of his life today, and the Padres are going to win, or is he not? Because that's what last season like was for the almost like the entire first half of the year. And I was thinking about that, too, because it feels a lot different. The lineup feels a lot more complete. And I know Matt, Carp- Matt Carpenter went 0 for 4 and struck out four times today. But having him and Cruz, at least early on, has been big. Having Crone hitting six, having Kim playing really well and, and honestly hitting like, I don't know, I feel like he's having like one of the better stretches that he's had uh, just from a at like an at bat perspective like sometimes he'll get out too and like he'll still work the count like his his at bats have been really good um and he seems like he's flashing a little bit more pop too um and then of course you had Bogarts and Soto who you didn't have earlier on last year and then Grisham even is playing a little bit better I mean he feel it feels like he's playing a little bit better and we we gotta see if he keeps that up because Grisham has been so up and down like I don't want to be like oh yeah Grisham, you know, he's going to be that that bounce back guy. Like he's going to he's going to do it. Like, I, I don't know. At this point, I'm, I'm kind of it's almost a wait and see. But it feels like right now, like overall, this lineup. And it's funny because we're talking about this after they got, I guess, two hits. They had two hits tonight. Two hits, you know, got shut out by Scherzer. And it's like, oh, it's really bad. But it's like, well, let's look at the whole season up to this point. And the, I mean, it feels like last year it was like, do the Potters score three or four runs and win a close game? 
or do they score one run and lose a close game? That That's what it was almost every single night for the first like two, three months of the season, it felt like. So it, it seems like this team is a lot more loaded, a lot more depth in terms of who they can play. Um, it didn't really get talked about a lot, but I really like that, like having both Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz where you can switch off because it feels like you have you have more power in the lineup. Like it, it really helps having those guys hitting fifth and moving Crone to sixth, Kim to seventh, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, like that's pretty solid. And of course that can be adjusted too. I see Robbie says get Matt, Matt Carpenter out of the five spot and drop him lower in the order. Like he's kind of up and down. I feel like, but like even if you drop him lower, it's like okay, well let's say we move him to seventh. It's like okay, well you still have Crone at five, and if Kim's hit well, he's hitting six. Like it's it's a lot better. So I don't know. Overall, I feel like this team is a lot more stacked than a lot more than the earlier part of last year. But I feel like for me, I think this is going to be almost everyone. Um, the bullpen's the concerning part. I don't trust Tapia. Uh, I don't trust. I mean, who's the guy you you trust second most most to Hater right now? Garcia, Wilson, like Honeywell. It's not good. Maybe Honeywell. I know he's had his ups and downs, but he looked really good in his last outing. All right, Honey, yeah, Honeywell's looked good. I mean, Honeywell's probably been the most intriguing one of those guys, like that outside of like Hater. I, I don't know. Like, I, and, I, I'd, I'd go, go with ahead. Wilson. Um, you know, we've seen Wilson do two years. Ago. I mean, last year he was pretty good. I thought Wilson was pretty good. Um, he'd come in and, and at the beginning of the season, he wasn't like that great, but has a really good fastball. Um, according to the Atlanta Braves scoreboard, he has a slutter. For those of you who didn't see, a slutter. Um, slutter. Yeah. I forgot what it was supposed to. What is actually? I forgot what the pitch actually is. But um, he his pitch mix. He doesn't have a big pitch mix, but he has movement on his on his ball. He has velocity on his fastball. I think he's pretty good. But I mean, Brent Honeywell is out there throwing frisbees. So those two for sure. So yeah, Brent Honeywell is exciting. And people were pumped about him in yeah. spring, too. Yeah. Chase, what were you going to say? Yeah. I yeah. Chat. Uh, I keep seeing in chat, like, move Martinez back to the bullpen. And if we do that, who would you guys rather take his spot, Tehran or Groom? Well, I think it's just more when Musgrove comes back, right? Yeah. I, I don't really know if it's anyone taking his spot. I think it's more so – Having all right, your solidified top four is going to be Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Waka, and then Lugo's pitching pretty good right now, so he's probably the fifth. Um, yeah, I think right now it's you kind of have no choice but to go with the five man rotation. Um, if you want to have a good bullpen, if you want to solidify that spot in the bullpen where you can say, Hey, you know, now instead of having to throw, uh, uh, Tapia, you know, these guys that aren't performing very well, you throw in two of the guys from um, between Weathers, Lugo, um, Martinez, maybe you can throw Tehran in there, or uh, Groom in the bullpen. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, you got to do something to, to kind of give this bullpen some depth because you can't be going one day having, oh, we got uh, Hader, Garcia, Honeywell available, and the next day you can't, you don't have Hader or Garcia available. Um you know, that can't happen. So you need to find a way to get the bullpen even deeper. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because I mean, Martinez is a starter. It's we've always kind of like been like, they're going to try him as a starter, but is it going to work? And that was a big question always. Um, and it seemed like he's really kind of like worked his way to, to try to become a starter, but with where this team is at with 
with kind of who they have with Lugo pitching well, with Waka fit pitching well, um, and Musgrove coming back probably in like a week or two. Like it, it, he seems like he's the odd man out. And and that sucks for him because I know he wanted to become a starter, but I don't know. I feel like he's probably the odd man out. Uh, I feel like he projects better as a as a guy that could be a setup man. Um, and we'll talk about both. We'll, we'll give a quick update on Robert Suarez and uh, Musgrove here in a second. But like, if you're looking at it and you go, okay, well, if you have to keep and and I feel like Weathers is definitely Weathers is not going to continue to start. That's that's a given. But if someone's going to be the most effective out of the bullpen. Of those three guys, it's got to be either Lugo or Martinez. And Lugo's look good. Lugo's looked really good from a starting role. So I feel like it's most likely that Nick Martinez is the odd man out, out of the starting rotation if that time comes. And I think that they need him in the pin. I, I don't think it's like a, oh, you didn't. Because I feel like he hasn't, on one hand, he hasn't pitched that well as a starter. So it's like that hand. But it's also like, yeah, but he will also be a more important player and a more impactful player to this team if he's coming out of the bullpen because the bullpen is where they're struggling. Him pitching seventh and eighth inning, you know, every other day is going to probably help the team more than him starting. So I feel like it, it makes sense and it's kind of almost inevitable that that's going to happen. Um, maybe it'll be a while. Maybe it won't be when Musgrove comes right back. Maybe they'll keep it. They'll keep a six man rotation and Weathers will move to the pin. Um, but outside of those guys, Either Tehran or Jay, or Julio Tehran or Jay Groom, do you think either of those guys should be called up? And if they, if you think they should be called up, who should be sent down for them? Because I, I think one of them should come up, just because the the bullpen just struggling. I, I don't know, maybe not yet, but like in like in a little bit if that if it continues. So, just coming up with this hypothetical right now, um, just so you guys know, Jose Castillo is supposedly due back any day now. Um, Rotowire had his projected day to come back and be healthy as the 11th. I think that's when he's eligible to come off the IL. Um, but in your case, I would say Jake Room. I mean, you know what you have with Julio Tehran. He's definitely pitching depth as a starter. He currently doesn't have a spot on the 40-man rotation. You need to move him to the 40-man rotation and drop somebody which I'm guessing it would be Tapia, but I don't know. Um, and plus, uh, Groom could fit like that same thing as Ryan Weathers. If he doesn't do well as a starter, you can throw him in the bullpen and he can be a mid-reliever guy. And maybe you have Weathers be a one-inning guy where he can pump it up to 97-98 for an inning. I mean, we've seen him do it before. I know he has his, he's very headstrong on becoming a starter, but depending on how you do, I'm sorry, kid, you might have to go to the bullpen. Dude should feel lucky that he's even on the MLB team. But um, because, I mean, I feel like, yes, you know, everyone wants to be a starter. These relievers wanted to be a starter at one point, too. Um, But you got to play. If there's a role for you, why wouldn't you take the role rather than taking a role somewhere lower? Um, but I also think Weathers would be very valuable out of the pen with his rise in velocity and hopefully the movement that he's gaining. Um, <clears throat> but when it comes to Groom or Tehran, if you had to pick one of them and one guy had to go, it probably it's probably between Tapia and Chris Matt right now. I don't see how it would be anyone else because Tapia hasn't really shown. He's okay. I mean, he's not horrible, 
he's okay. But the problem with that is, okay, Chris Matt doesn't have any options. You'd have to DFA him. You If they think he's valuable, if he's that guy that you think, all right, we're getting our ass kicked, let's just throw him in there. That's a valuable guy. Like whether, I mean, believe it or not, that's a valuable guy. So that so that way the rest of your pen doesn't get destroyed. Um, but if they value him in that way, then they're going to want to keep him. However, that roster spot's going to have to go to somebody good eventually. So they can DFA him knowing that there's a risk he doesn't come back. Or they can just take the safe route, say bye to Domingo Tapia for a little bit. And if he's needed again, bring him back up. I don't know if he has options or what's the deal with him. But that seems pretty optimal to me. Um, the bullpen, it's a scary thing right now. They've blown a few games. We'd have an extra two or three wins if, if you know, the bullpen had come through. And that's not to say that they won't come through. I think last year we were having the same issue where the bullpen wouldn't wouldn't hold up their end of the bargain. Um, but having those issues again, and it's not going to stick around for long. I really don't think it's going to stick around for long. The bullpen's going to be fine at, you know when we get some guys back. Um, but... Lineup looks fantastic. Starting pitching outside of Blake Snell looks pretty good. And uh, it, it's really, it really is a bright, a bright, it's going to be a good year for this team because, I mean, you're starting to see the pieces come together. And I think Xander Bogarts has meshed very well with this team. I think uh, Josh Hader obviously has meshed well with this team. Um, so it's a lot of exciting pieces. Of course, the bullpen's going to be a worry up until it's fixed, but it'll get fixed. Yeah, I'm confident in that too. And and even let's say like they do call up Jay Groom or I, I don't know, something changes in the bullpen. Some of these guys perform better. They can also make the bullpen a lot better by going and trading for guys either way before the deadline or at the deadline or whatever. Yeah, yeah. which is super easy. It's the easiest position you can trade for. There's always going to be a team like the Pirates or the Rocky. I mean, maybe not the Rocky because they're in the, your division. The Reds, right? Someone like that that just straight up sucks that are going to have good bullpen pieces that they're going to be trying to move. And they're not going to cost a lot of prospect capital. And you can always go get a guy like that. So if there's a hole that your team has in April, the best possible hole that you could have is the bullpen. Like we have to remember that too, just because they blew a couple games early on. We've also seen some of these guys, like we've seen Nabil for a while and like he struggled at the end of last year. So it is really concerning to see him just come out and just get rocked on multiple outings. Um, Tapia, we haven't seen too much. He, you know, barely made the roster, stuff like that. There's also guys coming back from injury. You brought up Castillo, Chase, um, Pomerantz, maybe, <laughs> probably not. Um, I, I'm going to say he's not going to come back ever. I'm going to say we're never going to see that dude again because I'm not even, I'm going to just try to not have any hope for, for him coming back. Um, but like outside of that, like Honeywell looks pretty good. I see a couple comments here. People, a lot of people are talking about Honeywell. I like Honeywell. He's filthy. Um, Honeywell probably second by Wilson. Uh, Joseph says give Groom a shot. Um, Lizzie says you know Honeywell is my dark horse pick. Hope he can give us some more great outings. Hundred uh, percent. KJ also says if Jose Castillo and Pomerantz can mir- miraculously come back, we're set. So like yeah, I mean there are a lot of names that we're kind of waiting on. Um, but yeah, I mean, o- overall, I feel like the bullpen is that, that weak spot, but it's not necessarily like a disaster if, if they struggle a little bit early on in the season, because that is something that you can patch up relatively easy. And, and even like with time, like you have potentially, you also have potentially Ryan Weathers, Nick Martinez, Jay Groom and Julio Tehran that can come in and fill spots as well. So those are four guys that you could potentially have come up. 
Um, so overall, I mean, a lot of options for this this bullpen, and it maybe it's not going to be the best, but you also have Josh Hader in the ninth, and like it almost feels like right now it's like all right, let's just get to Hader. If we get to Hader, it's going to be fine. And then what was it? Was it Saturday's game? Hater comes in and just like cannot throw a strike. And it's like, oh, great. This whole time we've been saying, let's get to Hater. And then he can't throw a strike. And then he calms down and then strikes out the side. So um, even when Hater's off, he's still one of the better pieces in the game out of the pen. So, uh, and I think I kind of brought this up before that, you know, maybe, maybe you want Hater to have such a good season that he prices himself out from getting extended. I'm actually going to recant that statement and say, you know what? I think that I would really like uh, if Josh Hater somehow gets extended with this team because. The comfortability of having him come in the ninth is is something else, just because that dude is absolutely ridiculous. And he can just throw gas right down the middle, and then, oh, he'll hit you with the slide every once in a while, and it's just like it, it, he's he's hard to hard to hit. And you see, like, I don't know, it feels like almost every hitter when they come up, like they just look kind of like almost like confused. They're like, damn, like, dude, like I cannot hit this guy. And you hear guys talk about it too, like, oh, who's the best the best closer? And usually most guys will say hater. I mean, just because also he's been around for a while too, but – Overall, I mean, that's that's what I'm kind of feeling. Um, Bill Gates says that he said his Braves would wax the Padres uh, ass, but y'all wax stars. Salute San Diego Super Padres. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a fun series. I, I, I think it, it, it'll be cool when both teams are at full strength as well because the Braves are definitely not. The Braves have, like, no pitching right now. Um, and the Padres are also miss, missing Musgrove and Tatis. So, like, both these teams are not what they'll be like in October. Hopefully – both of them will be better in terms of injuries by then, but definitely not at full strength right now. So speaking of bullpens, I have a very, this is more towards Isaac because it's going to include his favorite relief pitcher ever. Would you rather have Domingo Tapia or Michelle Baez on the mound? Domingo Tapia. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He was becoming the I mean, salmon Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, Domingo Tapia for sure. Um, what were you, I'm trying to figure out what Matt was saying. I know you were talking about that Brave series. You know, next time, yeah, for for Mr. Bill Gates, um, it's probably going to be some like Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Waka against Freed, Strider, um, Wright, and Morton. I don't know something along those lines, and it's going to be an extra fun series. And and Tati back, it's that one will be a lot of fun. But you know, going back to the bullpen. Matt, you're absolutely right. You cannot count on Drew Pomeranz at all. I keep hearing, um, yeah, I keep hearing when Pomeranz is back. That needs to change to if Pomeranz is back because it's no guarantee. Things keep happening. It's, oh, he's going to be back next week. Oh, he's out for the next month. You know, that keeps happening. And then what you mentioned about Josh Hader. What was that? I was looking for an update and I couldn't find one. <laughs> Yeah, I dude, there's no updates on Drew Pomeranz. The latest update was that he was supposed to be back like later this month and then poof, gone. Um, but you know, going back to Josh Hader, Matt, you're absolutely right, man. You you want him in a Padres uniform for the foreseeable future with the history that AJ Preller has in going after Josh Hader and um, you know, wanting him in a Padres uniform, you know that they're gonna try. And the biggest incentive you have with Josh Hader is okay, in his last season with the Brewers and even coming to the they have difficulty in getting him to get four or five outs because he just, I mean, he doesn't want to. He doesn't feel it's right for him. You sign him to that extension and you treat him right, he's going to go out there and he's going to give you four or five outs. I can almost guarantee that. 
because the reason he didn't want to do that for the Brewers anymore was because they weren't going to give they didn't their Corbin Burns situation is exactly what happened to Josh Hader and that is why he stopped giving them four or five outs when asked they also got Devin Williams yeah they, they do yes of course but that's what I forgot who said it but somebody in the baseball industry had said that and now you're able to extend them. Maybe you can get that out of him. So um, that's an incentive to try and get a deal done. Of course, the market is a little a little risky because when Diaz got paid twenty million, and I don't know if you want to pay a closer twenty million, but ideally you want Josh Hader in a Padres uniform. Of course, the cost is a little scary, but someone we haven't really talked about is uh, it's Blake Snell. Um. It's it's a never it's it's a recurring thing with Blake Snell in the first half. Comes out, you know, gives you a good three or four innings. Not even that good, maybe five or six. But my biggest issue is that he's constantly taxing the bullpen to start the season. Yeah, and it doesn't set us up nicely for the next game. I love Blake Snell. Blake Snell's my second, probably my I don't know one of my favorite players on the Padres. I love Blake Snell. I want him in a Padres uniform for the foreseeable future. Um, and I wish nothing but success, but the statistics show that his success doesn't come until much later in the season. However, with the way the bullpen is right now, he had a lot of help last year because the bullpen consisted of, um, you know, some pretty good names. And then eventually down the road, Nick Martinez had to go to the bullpen. So you were and Nabil Chris Matt was in the bullpen. Um, you had two guys that can piggyback Blake Snell or Mike Clevenger was piggybacking Blake Snell for like a start or two. So he had help. Now there's no help. We need him to help the bullpen. It needs to be vice versa now. And these past starts, he hasn't given that to us. So, I mean, we can only hope that he does end up giving that to us. Yeah, that's that's always been the issue with Snell too. Not only like, not only does he tax the bullpen, but early on in the season, he is just, it's just rough. And maybe that, that kind of goes to show, like, hey, this is some of the issues the Potters are having with their pin. And and maybe that's even an argument to have a five-man rotation with the idea of, like, hey, we can't trust Blake Snell right now. Let's have Ryan Weathers come in after him. Let's have Ryan Weathers in almost a mop-up role. And if Blake Snell goes out and he really struggles and he gets through four innings, then at least Ryan, Ryan Weathers can come in and say you're down by a bunch of runs. Toss him. Toss him for five. Save the pin. And and that might be something that they that they kind of play with, too. Um and they kind of go that route instead of like changing up the rotation a bunch, or I mean, I guess that would change up a bunch because then you'd have uh, Nick Martinez in the pen too. But I, I don't know. I think that's something that can happen. But I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, that's that's been an issue for a long time. Um, going back real quick to Josh Hader, do you guys think that it's safe for the Padres, both of you guys and anyone listening to the chat? Do you think it's safe for the Padres to extend him? Or do you think that the the two recent signings and, you know, one being Drew Pomerantz, who literally has been hurt for like two years and is, is never around, and now you immediately sign Robert Suarez, and now Robert Suarez is having nagging elbow injuries. You see Edwin Diaz, and obviously that's kind of a, a freak incident, but still he goes down. Do you think it is too risky to extend Josh Hader? Or do you think that you look at it and you go, well, this guy's this talented. I don't care if he's in the bullpen and not a, as valuable of a spot. But I don't I don't know because it doesn't seem like it seems like it's a lot more risky to sign pitchers long term as is 
but it seems like it's exponentially more risky when it comes to signing guys in the bullpen. Guys that come in and pitch one inning every other day, pretty much. So, do you still like? Do you think it's too risky now, just kind of because of some past incidents, or do you think that the Padres, Preller, and everyone looks at this and goes, "We well, it doesn't matter if we failed in those ways. That's it's different. It's not the same as Josh Hader because I think you can look at it at, at both angles, honestly. But but what do you think? I think it depends on what he wants because, like, realistically, who would you guys rather have, Edwin Diaz or Hader? Hater? You guys say Hater's yeah, probably say Hater, Hater, yeah, which and means more expensive. Hater, yeah. Edwin Diaz just signed a hundred million dollar contract. How much is Hater going to ask? Because you just saw Edwin Diaz sign the uh, just a horrible contract on the Mets part, but great contract for him. He's going to come back and ask for more than a hundred million dollars. Are we going to really pay a closer twenty million dollars a year? When we're also trying to extend Soto and possibly chase after Otani. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It's hard. No, it's yeah, really you're, hard. No. Chase absolutely has a point. And that's the difficult thing, man, is like I really want to extend Josh Hader, but um, I'm trying to look up his market value on Spot Track right now. Uh, let's see what it is. It's 14 and a half million. However, if we look up Edwin Diaz's value before his contract i bet it's a lot lower than 20 million because he hadn't we're talking about two like edwin diaz had just popped off the last year edwin is market base 16.1 so we got four million above his market value um and this is where i could see how other teams would be frustrated by steve cohen and aj preller because the market value is going up because they, they like extending guys to big money but let's say Hater gets four million above his market value. That's what eighteen million. However, Josh Hader's been in the game and been great for a lot longer than Edwin Diaz. Has a longer track record. Has consistently been healthy. Probably also gets around twenty million. And knowing that you have all this cap space next year, you can go out and get a different reliever and hoping. Robert Suarez will come back and be your closer. You can find some other closer and use that money on a re on a starting pitcher because Blake Snell's probably not going to be back at this rate. Blake Snell's definitely not going to be back, but let's say you go out, you need a starting pitcher. You might need two. I'd rather use that money on a starting pitcher. And I love Josh Hader, man. He's going to be so fun to watch for the rest of the year. He's an exciting player. He's almost a lockdown guy out of the bullpen. I mean, that fastball is an electric fastball, and that backdoor slider that he hits you with after is almost unbeatable. However, there's things that, you know, there's other resources or there's other holes that the Padres will need to fill. And I don't know if Josh Hader is worth sacrificing that. That's that's kind of where I'm at, too. Like, it's, it's hard because, like, also, let's look. Josh Hader is going to be 30 next season, so – Say you signed him to the same deal that Diaz got five years, $100 million, right? $20 million a year, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. 30, so, yeah, is that right? No, I'm sorry. 30, 31, 30 to 34, right? So, are we confident that he's going to be healthy for those years? Because he hasn't really got hurt yet. And Bill Gates says it right here. So high on Hater. He has a lot of arms in that arm, or a lot of miles on that arm. So, that's the thing. And you're right. You're going to have to replace Blake Snell. Um, 
you're going to potentially have Martinez and or Lugo opting out. So, like, it's tough. It is really tough when you look at this just because you already signed – you also already signed Robert Suarez. You just had the Drew Pomerantz deal that kind of did not look too good. That doesn't look very good. I mean, it looks horrible. It's one of the worst deals that Fires have had in terms of – in Preller's tenure outside of probably Hosmer. Um, but it's it's just rough because, like, you look at it from a talent perspective. You're like, well, of course you want Josh Hader. But you might look back on that deal, whatever he gets, which I think that's the starting price. I, I think it's going to be more than Diaz's contract. There's no reason for it not to be. For him, there's no reason for him to accept less from the Padres because if he tests the open market, he can probably get more than what than what Diaz got. Um, so it just seems like, I don't know, like, is that really worth it? And I think it's I could easily see both sides. And the thing is, like, if the Padres are really good and they have a deep playoff run like, like we're expecting – then how are you going to say no to that? Because you can't, because then you're looking for an elite closer and then you don't have that guy and then you don't have someone reliable in the back of the pin. But then if you look at it from a money standpoint, you go, well, we're trying to go after Otani or if we're trying to do all this different stuff and we'll see how accurate that is. If we're trying to re-sign Soda, if we're trying to do this, if we need to add another starter, that's a hard thing to kind of look at and go, okay, we're going to put 20 mil on on the payroll for the next five years for a closer that's 30 years old. Like that can really screw you over fast, like really, really fast. Even though, even though at the end of the day, like you might have to do it, you might just feel forced into doing it. And it makes sense because you want an elite closer. It's important to have an elite closer. We saw how big of a deal it was for the Padres in the playoffs last year, but they could rely on their bullpen and they could trust Josh Hader to come in and close out games. Josh Hader was insane in the playoffs and he's one of the few guys that you really have that much faith coming in and just being like, yeah, he's going to come in and just be dominant. So I don't know. It's, it's tough, but I don't know. What, what, are, what are your final guys, final thoughts on, on Hater as an ex, extending Josh Hater? So the one thing I will keep saying, and we're always going to say every single time, AJ Perler should have never thought of Adrian Mortahone as a starter. If they didn't try to extend him into being a starter and just let him throw the 60 innings a year. You could have had your replacement hater right there. He throws 97. He's got a killer slider and he has a pretty dominant knuckle change. And if you just let him come out of the bullpen and let him work his stuff through there and get MLB experience out of the bullpen, you had your replacement hater but every single time. You just want to test the limits of what he can do by putting him in to be a starter, and he gets hurt. When it is happened again, he got hurt. Keep him as a reliever, and hopefully you have your replacement and hater right there. Because realistically, I'd much rather go after a starter than I would after a dominant closer. I think a closer is easier to replace than a solid 3-4 guy that you would be getting out of Lugo and Blake Snow. I mean... I really hate that Lugo has an opt-out, but Blake Snell, I mean, second half Blake Snell is a monster. You can't just replace that easily. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Chase. I'd much rather go after a starter than uh, – I know I saw that. That was hilarious. Um, keep in mind, Jacob Pronoworth was Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani. So, you know, you know how he that struck goes. Out Mookie Betts. He struck out Mookie Betts. You're absolutely right, Chase. You're absolutely right. 
Um, but you know, going going back to uh going back to Josh Hader, you know, from from a team standpoint, you understand that this guy is phenomenal. He's gonna help you whenever he comes in the eighth, nine times out of ten, maybe ten times out of ten most of the time, he's gonna win you that ball game. Um, and even from a marketing standpoint, I mean, everyone gets super excited when the trumpets come on. Everyone get used to get excited for Hell's Bells, you know, stuff like that. From a marketing standpoint, it is also a genius move. However, another thing is you're we they want to be in on Shohei Otani. How are you gonna do that if you're giving 20 million to a guy that's gonna throw one inning? And I mean, it sounds like we don't like Josh. I mean, it might sound, you know, to some people like we don't like Josh Hader, we don't want Josh Hader. Trust me, we want Josh Hader. I I I think we all want Josh Hader. It's the price that's that's a little scary. And you look at it, Edwin Diaz signed his contract at 29 years old. Josh Hader will be doing the same, if not 30 years old. Diaz got 20 million coming off his best year. Well, Josh Hader's been on his best years. That dude's been on his shit for years. He's been magnificent. And and, and great trade by Adrian Peller, by the way. I, I have to throw that in there because I was just revisiting it like yesterday and I was like, wow, like I can't put it down. Um now the thing that's kind of keeping me from saying no, I don't completely want him is hey Peller's gonna try. He's going to try. He's going to try and fit all these guys on one book. He loves Josh Hader. Josh Hader loves San Diego. It's it's It would be really, really hard to try and talk AJ Preller out of trying to extend Josh Hader. And, you know, I see Gil said, are we planning to pay two closers? Two closers isn't a bad thing if one is setting, setting the other guy up in the eighth. I mean, that sounds great to me. That's what Suarez did last year. And we won a lot of games because of that last year. We won a lot of playoff games because of that last year. It's evident that that is something that you want out of your pen. However, it's a scary thing because it's just so much for a guy that's only going to provide you one, maybe. And keep in mind, this is a maybe because a lot of the time or like to start the season this year, it was, oh man, we got to try to get to Josh Hader. We got to try to get to Josh Hader. And we weren't able to for a little bit. So it's no guarantee that you're going to see him that often. And that's also a factor that goes into this. So, you know, when you, we, when talking about a Josh Hader extension, there are pros, there are cons and the pros of his skill. I mean, everything's there, but with what the Padres might be trying to do, it might not fit. Yeah. My final thoughts are, they're going to try to extend him most likely. And it's really just going to depend on, okay, like, is it actually going to work out? Are you going to be able to, to to replace Blake Snell, potentially go after Otani, do whatever you want to do? That's really just going to depend on Peter Seidler. Like, if we're being honest with ourselves, because that's what's happened every single time. I don't know, the Padres, not even us, but just like everyone in the fan base, like, even if you're like not trying to be like pessimistic, like in the back of your head, you're like, can they really do this? Can they really re-sign Manny Machado after Xander Bogarts? Oh, yes, they can. Look at that. Boom, they do it. Right? Like, like we see that a lot with, with them. So I think that's really going to be what it depends. And hopefully, this is something where Peter Seidler goes, I don't care. Josh Hader is good. Look at Josh Hader. We want Josh Hader back. We're going to pay him. And it's not going to matter. But if it does matter and it prevents you from getting someone else, then that's where the question marks really emerge. So, Isaac, you said it. And, Chase, I know you feel the same way. Like, we all – love Josh Hader and want Josh Hader to be a partner for a long time. It's just a, 
does it work? Does it does it work? Are you going to be able to replace different guys? Are you going to be able to stay good? Or is that going to hurt you down the road? And I think that's just the only question mark with it, which I think it's it's a very fair question mark, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, besides that, big stuff kind of coming on the injury front. Uh, Joe Musgrove setback. It seems like he's going to be back around the same time as Fernando, so not super significant. Uh, he was just kind of going really hard in a, in a rehab game, trying to come back quick. Uh, I mean, we've we seen that, that Java Joe's a, a big-time workhorse, so he was kind of doing that, which is, which is I guess, I don't know. I don't want to rib him, but it's like it doesn't really make any sense, but it's also like, yeah, that's just how, that's just how that dude's built. So I guess it, it's kind of almost expected uh, there. Um, but the big one, the big thing that's that's kind of the scary part of today, forget the loss, Robert Suarez has a, a pretty serious setback with an elbow injury, playing catch, and he's feeling tightness. We have seen this so many times, and obviously we have no idea if he's going to get Tommy John, if this is like a huge step in that direction. But if you're having elbow tightness playing catch when you're start, supposed to be kind of making strides to come back, that is terrifying. That is not. That is the last thing you want to hear, um, especially after get, you know just getting a, a contract extension or a, I guess re-signing in the offseason. Um, but overall, I mean, that is probably the last thing that we want to hear right now, especially with these bullpen struggles. So, both of these injury updates. What are your guys' thoughts on each of them? Uh, you can just say Java Joe's competitor. You know, maybe he should hold it, tone it back a little bit since it was just a rehab game for him, but he's a competitor, so I'll let him be. Uh, I know he got a cortisone shot in his shoulder, so hopefully, you know, nothing happens with that. I mean, don't want to see that again. I don't even want to see him do that in the MLB just because the way he landed on his shoulder looked bad. So, and the Robert Suarez thing, I mean, God, that's that's gonna hurt the bullpen a lot. I mean, you're already down Palm. You don't have Castillo. The bullpen's already struggling, and now your second best pitcher in the bullpen has a setback. I mean, and it could be a season-ending one if it, it is what we think it is. You arm tightness or elbow tightness and any sort of thing that has to do with the pitcher. Just because normally, from what our experiences with Lamet, Mortejon, it usually ends up being Tommy John or a PRP therapy shot where hope it may work, it may not work, and then it might just delay the inevitable like he did with Lamet. So uh, that that one's pretty bad. Um, not I'm, I want to be optimistic, but it's hard just because of the history the Padres have with it. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. The history is not good. The last guy that had pain in the back of his elbow or felt something in the back of his elbow ended up never pitching for the Padres again. That's uh, Kirby Yates. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's a scary thing, man. That's your second best, like Chase said, that's your second best bullpen arm. You're kind of hoping you're banking on him. The whole thing with these past couple days with the difficulties of the bullpen was, it's okay, you're going to get Suarez back soon and everything's going to be all right. Apparently that fairy tale is not going to happen. Um, and that sucks because like Chase said, yeah, you know, it sounds like, oh, it may just be a minor setback, but the history does show that it could be a major setback. And you're kind of hoping that it's not. You're kind of hoping that, you know, something just tweaked in his elbow, something like that. But the odds are this could be an extensive injury. And 
if you don't have him back by July or even August, you're counting on him to be out for the rest of the year. And that's unfortunate knowing the deal we just signed him to. And, you know, it's not his fault. Injuries happen to people. Um, it's not his fault, but it, it stuck knowing that we, you know, signed him to an extension and, and we're kind of hoping to get valuable innings out of him this year, especially ahead of Josh Hader, where you're saying, hey, you know, we got a lead. We're about to throw Suarez in the eighth, Hader in the ninth. That's a that's almost a guaranteed dub each time that they do that. And now we're probably not going to be able to see that. Now, Luis Suarez isn't a bad option in the eighth. Chase raises high risk because, you know, we just talked about this recently. Is, dude, for some reason, Luis Garcia is not that good in the Solid in the ninth. Really good in the ninth for some reason. But in the eighth, as a setup, man, he he is okay. But that's the role that Suarez was supposed to fill. And, yeah, that is a big one. But going back to Joe Musgrove, I mean, he's a competitor. He's a dog. <laughs> that's so funny. That would have been one of the coolest plays I've ever seen from a pitcher if he made that. So, I don't know. That would have been on, that would have been on a highlight reel. But it's not worth it. <laughs> um but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Getting him and Fernando back at around the same time is going to be pretty cool. Um, and it's only 10 to 13 days away, however many days that he takes. Um, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but the biggest one, I mean, Fernando countdown. The countdown of Fernando is also now going to be the countdown to Joe Musgrove, I guess. So, um, yeah, but the Robert, the Robert Suarez injury is, I don't want to say devastating yet. But it could be headed that way. Yeah, it, it definitely could. And and the thing that I think feel like for me at least that I'm worried about the most is like because they're they're not gonna be like, all right, you know, we think he's probably gonna need Tommy John, so we're gonna shut him down now. We're gonna give him Tommy John. They're not gonna do that. They're gonna try to have him come back this year because they're trying to win this year. So the scariest thing is the potential of something happening along the lines of like they keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then he never comes back this year. Then they wait the entire season, and then he has Tommy John after the season, and then all of a sudden he doesn't come back until halfway through the next season. So he's missed two and a half seasons when he could have missed like a season around a season, a season plus, and it's just like it, it will add up a lot. And that's what happens with all this stuff. Is like that's why the elbow tightness stuff is so scary because it's like sometimes it feels like you're just delaying the inevitable. We obviously have no idea if that's the case or if they believe that's the case. But if it is, it's like, do you wait and hope he comes back? Or do you just, you know, like kind of take the L and, and give him and have him, you know, have Tommy John? And, and it's just it's really hard to tell. So we'll, that's just kind of a wait and see, I guess, for the next month or two. But definitely not promising and definitely not because when the first when it happened at first, it was like, oh, no. Is it this? Is it going to be one of these things where he keeps coming back and getting tightness and this is happening? And we're already seeing that kind of a rise. So it's terrifying. Um, one thing, though, on, on Joe Musgrove and uh, Tatis, do you just have him come back the same day and just be absolutely insane, absolutely bananas at Petco? I think you do it. I think it's like Musgrove back. He's he's starting tonight and Tatis is back. Get ready. Like that would be that would be a game. That would be amazing you know saturday night city connects like all that i, I feel like you got to do it like that if you, you got to i mean there's no reason not to so i feel like I, I hope they do something like that with uh with musgrove but i don't know uh that's kind of all i had in mind I, we talked uh, about a lot of guys it had been a little bit since we recorded but 
Chase Isaac, anything else you guys are kind of thinking about? I will say that uh, just going back to the hater thing, if you do re-sign him, you kind of have to bank on being able to develop your players. And also, let's see some more Campusano. Like, let's let's see it. I mean, Nola hit a couple, like we always said, warning track power. Nola hit a couple great shots out, but man, that lack of power sometimes kills you. Thank God someone said it, bro. I'm tired of that, dude. I've been tired for years. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, oh my God. This whole base is getting bigger and the pitch clock thing. Th this dude might have a negative war by the end of the season. And it's like this, okay? I understand Nola is more developed behind the play. I understand some of the pitchers like him. But the more you keep throwing Nola out there, the the less development Luis Campusano gets at the plate, behind the plate, the less chemistry he gets to create with these pitchers. It's not it's not a losing situation. It's a win-win. Dude, the average and the numbers might not show, but he is pissing on the ball. He is hitting the ball hard. And Austin Nola, what do you get from him? What, what have you gotten out of him so far this season? He's gotten this RBI, you know, a little, nice little single up the middle, something like that. Why would you want that when Luis Campusano's clubbing him to the outfield consistently? He's hitting 95-plus exit velocity. And, and I mean, it sounds like I'm an Austin Nola hater. In, in a little way, sense, shape, form, I am. Um, but no one little. Just a little. No, just a little. We had talked about this before the season. Does Austin Nola's value go down because of these new rules? And the answer is overwhelmingly yes right now. And I don't think it's debatable. Um, but other than that, it's been a super fun season. I, I know that I know the bullpen has blown some games, but this is a damn good team. And and um, you know, of course, they, they haven't lost a series, it's only been three series, but they haven't lost a series yet. So um, and I think a lot of people had them losing that brave series, but back at it tomorrow, another good game. Well, not a good pitching matchup, but another good game against the Mets. Um, Matt's gonna be there. Hopefully they win. Um, but, yeah, that's all I really got. Fernando and Joe watch. Unfortunately, they're not going to be at home, Matt. They're not going to be at home when they come back. The next time they're at home is like the 29th of, of this month. But, hey, man, I mean, super, super. it's been a super fun season so far, and I, I don't expect it to not be that way the rest of the year. It's going to be electric all season long. It's You can already feel that. It's exciting. Um, yeah, I am going. I'm going back-to-back -back days. I get Ryan Weathers and Blake Snell on the road. Let's ride, baby. <laughs> um, I don't think you could have a, a worse two to, That's to go terrible. to. He's <laughs> in Blake Snell on the road. That is all. Oh, he's given up. He's given up five and four innings for sure. Almost a lot. <laughs> um, wait, is Snell saying he can't pitch in day games too? Isn't that also a thing? Yeah. Oh, wait. Like, yeah. Remember he was. No, you're you're right. I think it is. Wasn't his worst start a day game on the road against the Pirates? No, the one was against the Rockies. You the, yeah, there was one against the Rockies. Rockies. That was really that was bad. Rockies? I yeah. thought he had one against the, the Pirates, too. That was abysmal. He had oh, one against the Pirates with Camposano behind the plate in 2021, but that was like at 4. This one's going to be at 10 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Blake Snell's like, all right, dude. If we put Blake Snell in this spot, he's he's ramped up for like three months, all right? He's ready to go. You get him in prime time. All right, 
lights out. If he's not there, eh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and like, like it, it's every year. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, Blake Snell sucks. Blake Snell's terrible. Oh, Blake Snell. He's Thank you. <laughs> Someone had to say it because I'm already hearing trade Blake Snell and stuff like that. Dude, you guys do not understand how valuable Blake Snell is going to be during our stretch. Yes, yeah. he sucks right now, but during the, the stretch, dude's a beast. Damn, dude. That's true. Before he got that's hurt. So long, though. <laughs> Remember? It, dude, it, that's the problem is you have to wait such a long time before Blake Snell's like, all right, it's my time to shine, my team to put the team on my back. It's always in July. You have to wait, what, three months? Three months. Three months for him to start actually being good. Like 2021, as soon as July hit, untouchable. And then he got on. That was was it. It's funny because I remember, what was it? Not, was it, yeah, 2021 was, yeah, 2021. And then, yeah, so he's been part of for two years. Um, 2021, like, I remember we looked into him. We're like, well, he's supposed to be way better in the second half. So, like, let's see. Not really believing it because he had struggled so much. And then it happened. And then last year, we're like, hey, guys, wait. Like, don't worry. It's going to happen. But then, like, it becomes becomes long enough where you're like, is it going to happen? And then all of a sudden, it just flips. And you're like, oh, never mind. It's it's back. Okay, he's normal. There we go. Um, Final thing. Final thing, because I totally forgot about this. We have to talk about this, dude. Nando and the minor leaguer. I thought we did. No, we didn't. Maybe we did, but either way, I, I don't know. Maybe we weren't all here. That that is some of the funniest stuff ever. Like this dude gets gets ball just destroyed by Fernando. Goes on Twitter, talks shit, says, "Oh yeah, I've always a cheater." Everyone looks up this guy's ERA and record. He's like a twenty-eight-year-old minor leaguer that has like a five ERA and like a seven ERA sick. right now, and then. He deletes the tweet. He deleted the tweet after he posted it because he got pressed so hard. So I don't know. At that point, you just got to accept your L, leave the tweet up, and be like, you know what? I said what I, I said. Him. I'm not going back on my word. He's a cheater. I stand by it. Nah, you let the internet roast you to the point where you got you took it down. Nah, you can't go back on your word like that. Yeah, he got cooked. I mean, what was the point of tweeting that? I mean, dude, Fernando took him 407 feet. The guy hasn't seen the majors, I'm pretty sure. He has a 6 ERA. What are the odds that another player hasn't took him 407 feet and pimped something off him? Why is it maddening when it's Fernando knowing he's done this to Max Scherzer? He's done this to some of the best players, best pitchers in baseball. You don't expect him to do it to you, bro. It's almost bound. He's almost bound to do it to you. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just did it for attention because it worked. Um, Why delete the tweet? That's true. Yeah. Why delete the tweet? Um, But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He sucks. Fernando's good. Fernando is going to be back in like a week and a half. He might not sniff the majors in his life. So, yeah. If you're a 28-year-old prospect with a 6 ERA, why are you taking shots at an MLB star? Shouldn't you be more worried about figuring out your game and how to get to the MLB? That's just crazy. One would think, right? (laughs) But, hey, 
35, 30 seconds of fame is something, right? That's it, something. it worked. Dude, it worked. I mean, I, the only thing is like I, I guess you can say what's the saying? There is no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it yeah, I mean it worked. <laughs> but yeah. All right, guys. I think that's why I can do it. Uh we'll be back Wednesday. Um, probably post a couple clips from this episode tomorrow. Um, and, and we'll start posting some more segments too. I, you guys were talking about Campy and Nolan stuff. I think we probably got to talk about that a little bit more. Um, maybe in a little while we'll talk about some bullpen trade kind of ideas just because th- there's going to be some guys that, you know, are like, hey, this guy could get traded. This would be a huge piece for the Padres to get, especially if Robert Suarez isn't around. Um, and, yeah, I feel like that's that's probably it for today. But Padres bounce back, get those bats going again. I, I mean, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to the next couple games. Um, but, yeah. Thanks for hopping on, guys. Um, we'll be back Wednesday night, probably like five thirty-six, something like that. Um, we'll we'll keep you posted. We'll we'll post it on on Twitter and uh, YouTube as well. But thank you all for hopping on, and we'll see you all soon. Peace.